host, Lisa Cordoff. Welcome to the podcast where you can expect inspiring, raw, energizing, and transformative conversations with people on the path of personal evolution. I'm here to really live my life. And if you are too, these conversations are just for you. I'm really glad you're here. Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I have two very special women with me today who I'm privileged to have gotten to know over, well, let's face it, it's been years uh, since I've been seeing your little face, your little profile pics pop up in Small Steps Group or Ready for Change and now Live the Change. And the reason why I wanted to speak to you guys today is because I think you're both such amazing examples of people who have shown up for yourselves and you've experienced a lot of change because of the path that you've taken yourselves on. And I thought it would be amazing for our audience to hear from you and hear a little bit about your stories because I know that, uh, well, you know, that I think people sharing their stories is one of the most powerful things that we can do as humans and as women. And this is called Conversations with Lisa. So I basically just wanted to chat to you because you guys are catching up with each other all the time on little road trips and going to each other's houses. Now you've created a beautiful friendship and I basically feel left out. So um, (laughs) welcome to the podcast, Alicia and Janine. Hi. Hello. (laughs) Um, So you guys. I mean, from where you are now, it's kind of crazy and maybe hard to think back on on life and living uh, as it was before you did Ready for Change. But I'm wondering if you can kind of go back there and give us all a sense of what life felt like, where you were in your head, um, you know, what used to trigger you, how you felt about yourself, that kind of thing, you know. Nothing, nothing too big, just like your whole life story in one sentence. Only kidding. Um, Janine, do you want to go first? I was thinking Alicia could, but sure, I'll go first. <laughs> oh, I um, thank you for asking us in. That's really cool. Totally have enjoyed connecting and doing road trips all over the place to meet some of these people. Um, Before Ready for Change came across my screen, um, I think I was, I was feeling, uh, pressured of my own accord, expectations that I had on myself, um, and how I should be. You know, I had the life, I had the career, I've got the husband, the children, the house, um, all of that lined up beautifully. And so then it was like, oh, okay, I can sit back and enjoy all of this now. But then things just got hard and it was harder to keep up with um, just basic things like the housework and morning routines and bedtime routines and still be this in-control supermum who has a handle on everything as everybody had expected because that's what I set myself up as. Um, that's what I thought my life needed to be like and it felt good and it felt controlled and then it just reached a point where it wasn't anymore and um, I kind of spiralled out of control, um, perfection tendencies leading the way, um, just I couldn't keep up with it all with the three children and I, I just felt lost. I felt lost in myself and I felt like all the things that I had worked for that we, my husband and I, had both worked for um, in our life was like, is this all that there was? And I don't know that I'm happy to just stop there and I don't feel, I don't feel happy in it anymore. I'm struggling and I can't do it all and things are going to shit. I hear that a lot if people like, I have nothing to complain about and like, you know, everything should be lining up for me to feel amazing. So what are you complaining about? What are you complaining about? And yeah, just feel happy. Like be grateful. Everyone, not everyone has what you have and, but then you can't shake things. And so when you said you spiraled, 
what was that meaning? Like you were just, you were anxious or angry or how did that, that kind of play out? I was all of those things. I, so we're talking probably seven years ago, I turned 40 and um, I know there were a couple of little events and then I made them into big things. I, I added all sorts of meaning to them and kind of dug myself into this hole. Um, I was anxious going into work. I had lots of self-doubt about everything, about being a good mum, about being a good wife, about being a good Ambo, about everything was just, I wasn't, I felt like I was failing at, at it and I was angry. I'd get frustrated and I'd try to hold it all in and I, and I kind of held it all in for about 18 months initially um, before I finally uh, kind of came out and talked to my husband about it. And, you know, then everything kind of escalated into this great big, um, you know, there was lots of fighting and I was upset and I was angry and I felt misunderstood and um, it was it was really, really hard. It was a hard time and I um, I kept going with everything that I was doing with work and with the kids and all of that as you do, but I wasn't happy at all and mm. I was not finding, I wasn't grateful about anything that I had um, there was lots of miscommunications within the family and, and the kids, lots of yelling, mm. <laughs> lots, so much yelling mm. and then putting on a happy face when we'd have people over and, you know, picking up this appearance of living the dream. Um, so I guess, I don't know, I, I, a lot of it was going on in my head and I was then putting it out onto the people around me. And of course, the ones closest to me, the ones that you love the most are the ones who you feel comfortable enough to let all of this stuff out on. Um, so it wasn't great. Um, and then I just started doing, you know, I started reading some books and I started, I went on a retreat up into Dalesford in an ashram and a few different things like that happened and kind of opened me up and gave me a little bit of hope. I had a couple of aha moments and then I started actively seeking, right, what can I do? How can I change this up for myself? And then Lisa Kordoff came across my Facebook screen, just randomly jumped into a program and you know, what is it, a couple of years later, here we are and there's just been so much change. You really have changed so much. Mm, it's and like, you've only known that, you know, a couple of years of it. Oh, I know. Mm. Yeah. And this is the thing, we've all got a story. We've all lived lives that have brought us to that point where we're like, enough now enough, like it's time for something to shift. And some people might not even get there, but I think that there's a lot of us, maybe it's the turning 40, although that's definitely wasn't the case for me, but my life circumstances forced me to really look at, at things and question myself in ways that I hadn't before. I'm so deeply uncomfortable. I didn't really, really, really want to do it. I would have just liked to continue floating over the surface, but the universe had other plans. Uh, and yeah, I think you do need to have that spark moment where you decide, okay, something's going to shift here. And then it's just this, you know, magical carpet ride. Um, I'm going to come back to you and we're going to hear about things change. But Alicia, where were you at? What was happening before RFC? So I, hmm, where was I? <laughs> <laughs> so I've got six kids, three are from my partner's previous marriage and one's from my previous marriage and then we've got two little ones together. So we met nine years ago and then two years after that um, my partner's eldest was diagnosed with cancer so we went down that path and went down of a path of just trying to trying to survive really, keep your head above water, um, do all the things that you you know, need to do and manage the other kids, get them to school, get them to after school activities, trying to keep life as normal as possible. 
And then the year after that, my little one, our little boy was born. Uh, So he's just gone to school this year. So he's five years old. And then 18 months after that, our youngest, Maddie, was born. She turns four today. So happy birthday to her. (laughs) Happy birthday, Maddie. Um, And I think just from then, I never had time just to slow down, to be, just enjoy us as a family. We were just treading water, really, just keeping our head above water, just dealing with, you know, sleepless nights, all the baby stuff, um, intolerances with, with the kids. So we kind of had to really search a different path when we had, um, you know, Harvey, we couldn't put him down because he was uncomfortable and he would cry and turns out he was intolerant to dairy and gluten, which he has outgrown. But at the time, just trying to figure out what is the cause of this, you know, child who, you know, screams all the time and and vomits all the time. And I was, you know, constantly covered in vomit and (laughs) lack of sleep, but still getting the other kids to their Mm. activities and, Mm. you know, making sure that they've got a nice cooked meal at the end of the day and making sure everything was made from scratch. And I just put way too much pressure on myself. And, and it just like, you know, Maddie's four now, but it just continued. Even when things started to get easier, I just still needed to do all the things because I felt that's what, what, you know, that's what being a good mum is and that's what being a good partner is and that's what being a good, you know, whatever is, whether it's daughter, sister, friend, just doing all the things for all the people and I'd really forgotten about, you know, me and doing what I enjoyed doing and and it really impacted on um, our whole family dynamics because I... I just felt that I'm I'm the only one doing all the things. But then it was that old sort of double-edged sword where you feel you're not getting any help but you feel like you're the only one who can do it right as well. And, um, <laughs> you know, you go through that that whole pattern. And, yeah, I just felt I felt like a big part of me was sort of lost, I guess. And then I found through um, um, searching through um, like going down a path of more natural foods and avoiding additives and sort of things. I had done additive-free lifestyle course two years ago, which really made some significant changes for our youngest and um, her behaviour improved and her sleep improved. And then from that, that's when I found you, Lisa, and I jumped onto Small Steps membership initially. And then, yeah, once I saw the opportunity for Ready for Change, to be honest, I didn't even like. It sounds silly saying it now because I say all of that, and I. But at the time, I thought I don't really think I need to change. But you know, I kind of want to do something that's for me. Like I've done all these things for the kids and done all these things for everybody else. So this program. I'm not sure what I'll get out of it is, you know, was my thought process at the time, but, you know, I'm not sure what I'd get out of it, but at least it's mine. It's something for me to do. It felt like a gift you were giving yourself after giving, giving, giving to everybody else. Definitely. And it was a gift I could give to myself that still didn't take me away from everybody else. So, you know, if I wanted to go to the gym, the kids would cry for me. And Mm. so that was that was hard. So yeah, it was, it was a gift I was giving to myself, but I could still be at home and I could still be present for them. And at the time when I started, it was like still doing all the things for all the people. (laughs) And I think that's one thing that I've seen and, and noticed from your journey. I mean, I remember it was a photo, I think of you just out for a walk. Mm -hmm. And that you just made walking this regular part of your routine. And what I think that people don't recognize, and I think I didn't get, because I think 
um, and I, I said this on the podcast with Amy Taylor Kabaz was if someone had told me I'd had a choice in all of the chaos that was life a few years ago, I would have stuck my finger up at them oh, and gone like, you don't understand. You don't know what's going on for me. Blah, 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 blah. And you, you were like, I've, you still have six children. You yes. still have the, all the things to do. Yep. Like we've still got, we're still trying to balance all the bits and pieces and yet we can put ourselves on the priority list and yet we can create the space because we have choice about what we Definitely. do with our time. And I think when I saw that picture of you, that photo that you took out walking, I was like, you know, it's, it just, it actually inspired me to think like this woman's doing this, you know, how can I be fitting that stuff in? And I, I just, yeah. how, well, like, so can you remember like, any of your first sort of aha moments or light bulb moments when you were doing Ready for Change or any of the stories that came up for you that you were like, what? I didn't realise Well, I that- think that was the first post I actually did. Um, and I remember beforehand I had wanted to walk and I wanted to do some more things and, ben- you know, improve my health. I knew that I needed to lose weight. Um, my cholesterol was high so I knew that I needed to improve those things but that was in June and the kids were on school holidays and initially I was like I'll just wait until they're back at school and then I realized hang on every time they're on holidays you just put your life on hold you can't just put your health on hold which they in June they have three weeks of school holidays in December, January, they've got nearly eight weeks of school holidays, some of my kids. So I'm like, I can't just put my life on hold for what would be possibly 12 weeks of a year. And all my kids, like my eldest daughter's 15. So at the time when I started Ready for Change, we were going from, well, nearly 15, she was at the time, down to three. And half an hour walk, they can, the big ones can, you know, they are competent, they are capable to look after the little ones for half an hour. I've got my phone with me if in case anything happened. I prepped them all. I said, right, I'm doing this. I'm going for a walk. You all look after each other. This is what you can and can't do. And they went, okay, no problems. (laughs) And I've walked out and I'm kind of looking over my shoulder waiting for someone to follow me and I'm looking at my phone as I'm walking, waiting for someone to call me. I just went for a walk for 30 minutes and came back and you know what? The children were all in one piece. The house hadn't exploded and nothing nothing happened. It was all fine. And then from that I went, I just started to make that a regular routine, so a regular habit. And putting me, I, putting me at the top of the list. I, I got myself a planner, a weekly planner, and I still do it to this day. That's just a habit now. And I put me right at the top. And whether I'm doing yoga or I'm seeing my trainer or I'm walking for 30 minutes, I just put that at the top and the kids just know, everybody just knows, oh, that's what she's doing today. Yep, no dramas. Or if I write six, walk 6 a.m., they know if they wake up at 6am, oh, she's not here. It says it on the, on the planner, on the fridge. It's just setting that ex- expectation now for myself and for everybody else. And what, what um, difference has that made to how you feel? Oh, it's made a huge difference. So that little walk that day, that very first post has just steamrolled. It's just, I started, I went out and got myself a personal trainer who'd been recommended by a girlfriend. Um, I started to do my yoga, weekly yoga class. Um, I just, I made myself a priority and then it just made me feel amazing. Like it made me feel worthwhile. I didn't, 
I guess I didn't see that I was worthwhile in the fact, like, if that makes sense. Yeah. Hey, let's not cry. Okay, um, this wasn't meant to be crying. <laughs> no, but worthiness yeah. is such a thing. It's such a thing. And, and um, I was waiting for things to get better to then, like, let's wait until the kids are at school. Let's yeah. wait yeah. until Maddie stops throwing tantrums. Well, I don't know. Will she stop throwing tantrums? Really? Mm. She's a very sensitive child and she likes things a certain way and she could be like that when she's 10. I don't know. <laughs> when mm. she's 20. Mm. Good luck to somebody else by then. <laughs> Hashtag boarding school. Are yes. you kidding? Are you kidding? I love you. Um, Bye. <laughs> but it's true. It's so true. Like no one is going to come along and put you on a horse and ride you into the sunset. Like you got to go find the horse, work out how yes. to get on the horse and get riding because that that doesn't come. Like you have yeah. to create it for yourself and you have to decide you're worthy of of that of a life that feels really good and of spending time on yourself. Yeah. Such an amazing story. And I'm going to come back to you. I want to go to Janine now and ask you from where you were then, what were your, can you remember some of your sort of first light bulby moments or some of the stories that you started to uncover about yourself doing Ready for Change? I think I, I think it was stories and actually labeling some of these things that we carry as stories. So I always knew I was a perfectionist. I always knew that I wanted to do really well at everything that I tried. And and then the off, the flip side of that is that if you're not going to be able to do it perfectly, then you just don't do it or you procrastinate on it or you don't start it until that whole when, like what Elisa was just saying, it's that when-then game. So when I have these um, dominoes all lined up, then I can do the thing, whatever it is. So I think just the whole recognition of stories and, and recognizing and learning that they don't actually serve me. It doesn't serve me to do something perfectly. It might look nice and it might present nicely to somebody else who's watching, but is that what I'm doing it for? Like, what am I motivations here. So um, going through and actually delving into values and then comparing them to what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis in my to-do list, they were just not aligned at all. So recognizing these stories, realizing that they were not serving me and they were adding to my unhappiness um, was big because I'd, I'd, I'd known about these stories, you know, I am a perfectionist, so I have to do everything perfectly. I can't be happy if my children or my husband are not happy. I, um, you know, all the self-worth stuff plays in. Um, I'm not good at this. When I yell at the kids, then I'm, you know, not being a good mother. All those, all those stories that I've carried with me through my whole mothering journey or even just as my life, even back to school days, um, I just saw through all of it and that it wasn't doing me any good and it was cause it was actually causing all of my dis-ease. Mm. So I think just recognizing that and then just realizing and learning that we've got choice. We can choose there, there is an alternative. There's many alternatives actually. Don't have to just do that and carry on all those things because then we're putting them onto our kids too, you know, where mm. I'm trying to t- get my kids to have their rooms to a certain standard that I think is reasonable and, you know, they're resisting up against that and ultimately what's what's going to make us all happy so I don't know, I think just the recognition of realising that these are stories, don't actually need them anymore and I can change it, rewrite new ones and then just try. So, this, you know, these last months have been navigating that, getting, 
getting curious with it, experimenting with it, Mm. seeing what's worked and what's not, failing at it and then picking it up Mm. and trying it again um, and just keeping on going. And it's the learning curve has been massive um, and it's continual, but it gets easier. Like each time you do something successfully or change something or make a different choice or respond to something in a different way, it feels good and you're building those new habit patterns and neural pathways and and all of that. So, um, yeah, I think stories is probably the biggest. Yeah. And, and I love the the perfectionist piece uh, because we just, we cling to it and it's, and it's a, and it's a way for people to procrastinate. It's a way for people to not get outside their comfort zones. It's an, it's an attempt at control and all of it is bullshit because we can't control anything because there is no perfect because living a lie isn't that fun. Uh, and you know, I love that you've, that you have dismantled that or are in the process of dismantling it. And, you know, when, when I created ready for change, I was like in four weeks, I'm going to, I'm going to give people information and take them through a process where they're not going to be able to see themselves the same way. They're going to, it's going to turn a light on for them. And just to be able to notice that you've told yourself stories and you have these subconscious beliefs that are driving your life and that they're pretty much most of them are made up and that you can reprogram and choose new ones. Like if I could make that happen in four weeks? Yes. But what I didn't expect at the end of that first round, which you were, you guys are in, was that people would be like, and um, what's next? Don't leave me. Now, you, now you've done this to me. Now I'm like, holy moly, so much more feels possible because now I can see that um, and which is the way that I felt too, I must say, when I started learning all this and I'm like, I've really been telling myself that and I'm really attached to that. I'm attached to being that type of person. What happens if I am actually not that? And I've needed, you know, ongoing coaching and mentorship and support. And that's why you guys are the reasons I created Live the Change, which most people haven't heard of, which is a six month kind of immersion into this stuff where we continue, you continue to get support and coaching calls with me and all that sort of stuff. And I don't um, publicize it because it's really only for graduates of Ready for Change. Um, but how important do you think, like we get a high number of people jump in to live the change. And I think it's because of like when, when you start to open up and see the potential and possibility for your life, it's kind of a bit addictive. And and I think community and support on that journey is awesome. So at, you guys have finished six months of that now. So you did the first round of Ready for Change. You've, done, you've been in the first group of um, Live the Change. What would you say, like you're just like literally almost waking up in the morning, your, your life, like how, how do you feel or think differently? How is this? playing out in your families or relationships? Like what does it all look like now or feel like? Who wants to go first? I don't care. Janine, you, you keep talking. Okay. A good talker. <laughs> Both amazing. We can talk for a long time, Alicia. <laughs> we can, Dale, but we don't have yeah. wine today. No, and we don't have four hours either. Um, so I think... In reality, life goes on, right? So all the things still happen. The kids are still there, the after-school activities, the lunchboxes, the morning routines, afternoon routines, relationships with your partner, all of that happens. You'll have good things happen. You'll have, you know, not so good things happen. You you go to work if you work and there'll be things going on there. So all that stuff, none of that's changed. That's all still happening and, and getting thrown at us, just like everybody with life. Um, the difference is that I'm getting, I'm being a lot more gentle with myself. So I'm not, I haven't got that self-loathing and I haven't got that little monkey screeching in. No, sometimes the monkey screeches. That little niggling voice <laughs> that feeds you that, you know, you're shit, you're terrible at this, don't do that, you can't do that, you're not worth that, 
you're not worthy of this, this is not going to be right for you, don't do it. That voice is quietened and I've been promoting that gentle kind of lovely intuitive voice to to feed through and encourage me rather than, you know, like I, I don't know, I think I did a headspace, you know, that headspace meditation thing once and one of those meditations was something about um treating changing that voice in your head to that of like a best friend or a mother like what would what would that voice say to you in these circumstances so I've been developing that and that helps you to get curious about stuff so something might happen and you'll want to react but then you'll be like oh, okay, that's interesting. Mm. Why is that feeling being raised in me? And and so you just naturally and organically kind of shift the way that you respond to all these things that happen normally in life, the good and the bad and, and the ugly. Um, and, it, and it feels a bit calmer and it then kind of, I think, it, ripples out into those around you so um the effects on my children um my youngest one has really embraced she embraces everything that I say about anything that I'm learning right in this work um the other two are a little bit older and a bit tougher and they're like oh yeah mum's doing her thing she's talking about Lisa again (laughs) and I have these conversations with my husband too right and um while, you know, sometimes he might be like, oh, yeah, you know, that's your stuff. I think it does kind of go through because, you know, I was just having a conversation with him this morning and he's starting the, the, just the language that he's using. And I know Alicia has had this too. We're both married to was, or well, she'll be married shortly, but they're both was. Um, and so that was interesting when we were there talking about our wasses. Um, but I was having a conversation with him this morning, um, which, you know, previously we wouldn't have had just open what it might have seemed like a difficult conversation to have, but it wasn't difficult. And he's using terminology that I'm using. He's talking about, well, I interpreted it this way or, you know, and things like this. So it is rippling out into them and we're able to um, to just let each other know. Uh, and I guess things still happen. We still butt up against each other, but it's a very, it's it, you come back to um, ground level again, very like quicker. You mm. diffuse a lot more quickly, and um, and it gets easier with each time you do it. So I've seen big changes. I'm not so scared to have difficult conversations, not just within my family, but even at work. Um, putting myself out a little bit more, out of that comfort zone, and asking for things or making suggestions and then being taken up on them at where previously it would be like, oh, my gosh, there's no way that I would have I would have just run, high, you know, high-tailed it to a corner and, and hidden. So I'm able to, um, I'm not fearful of that rejection. You're participating in life more fully. Yeah, without being scared, without being attached to the outcome, without mm. what, what other people are going to think. Um, just doing it, just doing it anyway and learning from it and growing from it. I love that you talk about the curiosity. Uh, Mm. You know, I find myself very fascinating these days. And (laughs) you've said that before, but it's like, what? Uh, When we actually get curious to our triggers, when we get curious to, uh, well, just these expected ways that we would respond to certain situations it tells us so much and and it really is a a diffuser like hang on a minute what's going on for me right now what's actually happening here what have i made this mean and there's just all these i think that's what um live the change kind of does too um is just to give you this whole list of questions to kind of go through in your head yeah. so instead of, of go- reacting it's like where's that feeling coming from right do you think why do you think you're feeling like that Janine 
Isn't that interesting? These are the sorts of things. My mother-in-law is awesome. She, if I go to her with things, she will do that. She'll be like, oh, geez, Janine, that's an interesting reaction you had there. Why do you think you felt like that? <laughs> and so it's been, and then my psychologist, I, I had a psychologist a couple of years ago that I was seeing and, and the same thing. Oh my God, my brain is so fascinating. I love these sessions. It's like, wow, I'm learning so much about how it works and, and, um, but yeah, getting curious will just do that. It's yeah. The, yeah. And it's, and it's not a bad thing. I think so many of us would like to kind of stick our heads in the sand sometimes. It's like better the devil, you know, but is it, is it really? You know, uh, like how much are you willing to tolerate feeling uncomfortable or being reactionary or being in your emotions all the time or, you know, that self-loathing? And it's and it's amazing thing when you start to shine a light on some of that stuff and and suddenly like the sunshine is appearing and you don't even really know why, but we need to bring this stuff into our conscious awareness in order to be able to, to, to deal with it or to move past it. Like once we see it, we can't really unsee it. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you for sharing. I just love hearing your stories. So Alicia, where would you say like after this, I guess, seven months, but it's been an ongoing path. Like I never want to discount the work that, you know, the people have had their, their moments. They've, you know, you know, you've got to be ready for this. I really do mm-hmm. think that's why I called it ready for change. Like you've got to have that sense in you. Like, I'm just, this just and needs to, I, I need something for myself right now, or yeah. I'm really sick of this or, you know, something or else, Like there has to be a little spark. Yeah. A little driving um, force. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it, it's different for everybody. Some people are like, I just cannot do another year of jumping on and off the diet bandwagon, or uh, I know that I need to make some I'm trying to decide what career I want to do after kids and I just need some clarity and like everyone, it's different for everyone. But where would you say now, like how do you think, feel, act, be different on on like where you are right now um, after this last, well, seven months, I guess? Well, when I started Ready for Change, as I said before with my health, I didn't go in there thinking, this would help change my health at all. But since, you know, making myself a priority and seeking my personal trainer and other things, I've managed to lose 20 kilos and have my, uh, what's it called, cholesterol levels. So they are back to where they should be. Um, and. Because of all that, then I've got the energy to do a lot more things with the kids. Um, So, and I want to do things with them. So I'm seeking fun things to do with them. Like I took my 15-year-old and her girlfriend um, overnight for a birthday last year and we went to treetops. Never in my wildest dreams what I think me as a 39-year-old woman would be up there doing flying foxes because beforehand I would have said, you know, I had all those stories back then of I was too fat, I was too this, I was, I had many stories for the reasons why I couldn't do those things. And so that's, um, yeah, so these big changes in my health has really impacted in other ways and just the way as you said before with the day-to-day you know runnings of the of your life um I just the way I deal with the kids and with my partner is totally totally different um I still lose it sometimes we're only (laughs) over here too none of us are you know no even my my thirteen year old has you know has said to me, oh, "I'm really proud of you, Mum, and um, the changes that you have made." So she's been able to witness things, and the way that I deal with things is filtering onto them, mm. helping them with their relationships at school. It's helping them 
with their relationships with each other and the way they deal with it. Um, even last week with one of my girls, I had a conversation because she misheard me and then she had the shits with me and was ignoring me. So I just asked her, I thought she said, can you please leave out the cheese? And she said, can you please cut me some cheese? So her interpretation was that I just dumped the cheese and I didn't cut the cheese for her and I just totally disregarded what she said. So we had a big conversation about interpretation and also communication and, you know, repeating what you were saying. She goes, yeah, but you were annoyed at me and you put the cheese down. And I said, okay, but this is what I heard. So if I heard it this way, can you see how my actions would actually match up with what you said? So it wasn't about me just disregarding you. It was an honest, genuine mistake of me mishearing. And just by having that conversation was just like, oh, yeah, okay, you're right. And I found if things have gotten too big, like with my, with my partner and with like the big kids who can, you know, read and write, um, if, if there's sort of repetitive behaviours that they're, they're doing and I can't seem to get through to them with different ways of communicating, I've written them a letter and just said, you know, this is how I'm feeling, lay it all on, on the cards and then they've written back to me about, you know, how they're feeling and it gives us both an opportunity to communicate without getting so caught up in the moment and getting into that, you know, fight or flight and we're just going to yell and we have to have, we have to be right and we have to have that control. I'm trying, I've let a lot of the control go, you know, the control of whatever the outcome should be. Um, this morning was a perfect example of of letting go of control as I, we're on day four in kindy at school and the first three days have been amazing and this morning was amazing <laughs> until 8.30 and he was up and dressed his shoes on, he's had his breakfast and he's got his lunch in his bag and he's cleaned his teeth and he's done all the things. And I said, okay, you can watch a bit of telly while I have my shower. We don't normally have telly on, but he was that organised. So, okay, that's fine. I said, oh, you've got five minutes warning. I'm just going to clean my teeth. Yep, no dramas. So I come downstairs and I've popped his sister in the car, buckled her belt up and he's disappeared. And so I've come back inside. Oh, mate, where are you? I'm upstairs, I'm not going to school. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, all right, got to deal with this challenge. So I've gone upstairs and he's naked, <laughs> his whole uniform off, even his underwear because that was what he was meant to wear at school. So he's getting out new underwear, play clothes. This is what I'm wearing and I'm not doing school and I've done it this week. I've done three days, I'm done. i like, okay. How am I going to manage this? So, you know, we tried to have a bit of talking, but it wasn't really going well. So I said, okay, let's just drop Maddie to preschool. So we dropped her off. I've had to carry him in. He's got no shoes on. And then we we deal with her, drop her off. She was fine, thankfully. No tears from her. <laughs> Thanks, champ. <laughs> and then he's in the car and trying to coax him into okay, we're going to get dressed, you're going to have a great day, you know, it's okay to feel all this way. And he is screaming his head off, just, you know, don't touch me. Like, honestly, you would think that something had happened to this child. So don't touch me, don't come anywhere near me, all the things. And I'm just playing out in my mind, what am I going to do? How am I going to manage this? Because normally or me in the past would have just screamed at him and told him, you get in the car, you get your clothes on, this is what you're supposed to do, it's a school day. And I would have had this expectation of what it was, you know, meant to look like. And so I ended up getting to school and I got him, I said, let's just go and see your teacher, see, see what she's up to today. And he goes, yeah, okay, that's fine, but I'm not staying. Like, okay. So I take his bag and I've got his clothes and him on my hip and he's like, I don't know why you're taking my bag. I'm not staying. 
Okay. So we get in the classroom and the teachers were amazing. He wasn't the only one losing it by day four, thankfully. And they just went, I, they said, look, if you can dress him, then great. So I've tried to dress him and I've tried to talk to him and he's screaming, saying, don't touch me, don't do anything. I said, okay, if you don't let me dress you, I will have to leave and I will say goodbye now. And he's going, you can't dress me. And I said, okay, then I won't, let, I won't dress you, but I'm leaving now. And I said goodbye to him and I told him I loved him, walked out the door. I could hear him screaming and it was awful. <laughs> but I walked out just going, that's okay. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. I didn't beat myself up saying, you're such a shit mum, dropping your kid off. He's got no shoes on. He's got his shorts and a normal T-shirt on and his school clothes are there. I could have told myself that it meant that he was a, a brat of a child or all the things that I could have done, but instead I just took a deep breath and went, it's okay. He's only five. It's a big adjustment for him, mm. it's a big adjustment for us, and it was only afterwards that I realised, oh, hang on, and your dad had to go to Perth yesterday for a mm. funeral and he comes back today, so he knows that. So in his head, you know, there's another level of change for him to deal with. So, yeah, just I was, you know, gave myself a little pat on the back after that. <laughs> Not- yeah, because it's this is the thing. Our kids will still be kids. Yes. They'll still, they'll, they've still got to go through all of their stuff. But what you make that mean and how that derails your day, your emotion, like all of that sort of stuff mm-hmm. is is the benefit that you actually bring to the children. Yeah. And, you know, can our kid, can I just say, like, my daughter started school this year and they have Wednesdays off for the first month. Because, oh, wow. And I think that, that that's, that's amazing. A, yes, because she needed that yesterday. Yeah. Uh, and then was kind of okay to go back. It's a good transition, I reckon. Well, the teacher actually it's said just, this morning, in all my years of working in kindy, I don't think I've, we've ever done a full week. Mm. I went, yes, yeah, that's yeah right. it's really hard. Uh, and like props to you, I, I do think that we don't give ourselves enough pats on the back mm-hmm. as as women. Like if you think about the, or like what is being managed on a minute by minute almost yes. in a household basis and you've got six six kids what um six lots of different emotions yes, <laughs> and all at different stages of development yeah. and all that sort of stuff like that's no joke and and it's and it's actually quite a lot mm-hmm. and for and i as you know you know the whole um like, I, I love what you said before about not waiting for her to be, not waiting for Maddie to be a, a kid who doesn't have tantrums in order to work yeah. out that I still get to feel okay every day. And, and, but what is, what the biggest gift we can give our children is not running ourselves ragged, trying to get them to all of the, uh, activities or being available to them 24 seven or cooking all of the food and driving ourselves into the ground. And you're not asking for help, you blow just trying to keep it all in. That is not the gift. No, it's not. The gift that we give our children <laughs> is ourselves in the most calm, mm-hmm. most um, present, pur- purposeful, present, happiest, joyous, like whatever words you want to use. Yeah. When we're in that, we're the best gift to our children, I think. Yes. And we've created all of these reasons why we can't be that. And most of them are just stories that we've made up based on like all this stuff we've collected over a lifetime about what it means to be a good mum. Yeah. And when we do start to dismantle that, and when you do start to go, look, I'm still a good mum, even although my kid wasn't dressed properly for school. <laughs> my my daughter took a big fluffy unicorn to school today. I just said to the teacher, yeah. <laughs> or was it going to get her here unless she took, um, you know, unicorn? And like she called him Unicorn Nicholas after her dad. Oh. And like this is the thing: there's so much going on for our kids that we don't, we can't understand. And yet, I wasn't going to 
you know, we have to respect that they're human beings going through their stuff too and that they're going to have their experience of life, that he needed to have this day of looking around going, oh, I'm the only one not in my school clothes. Or oh, my mom. Do that again. <laughs> or, or my mum really means what she says, and just trust yes. that that's the experience that he needs to have. Yes, and and that it's all okay, and it doesn't have to mean anything about us. Because if we lead with love, if lo- love for ourselves, love for the people that you know we care about, then uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm leaning more and more into trusting that it's all working out as it should. Yes, we can't be anywhere. It couldn't be any other experience this morning because it was that experience. Yeah, and learning that all the other stuff really doesn't matter. Like, I'm in the toy room at the moment. (laughs) So am I. It's a mess. Oh, the toy room is the place. (laughs) It's where the carpet is. Best place to record podcasts. Oh, Mm. it didn't know that. Mm. (laughs) So you know, surrounded by all the crap, the washing's piling up, but. I've made sure of an afternoon that dinner is prepped before they get home, that afternoons are easy. Mm. And if we just sit and hug and read some books or watch a bit of telly, that's fine. Amen. Hairstyling. Oh, yeah. Hairstyling. (laughs) My kids love doing my hair. Um, And and ever since we had to do a knit check, a lice check, Um, now it's one of my son's favorite things to do is to just look through, look through my hair and, but it's actually, (laughs) sounds so wrong, but it's actually so relaxing. So I'm just reading to them and they're just like playing with my hair apart from like when it does get actually painful, but that part of it, I'm like, oh yeah, may you always check my hair for this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You guys, I'm so grateful uh, for you sharing your stories. And as I've told you before, you know, and I say this all the time in the, in ready for change and live the change um, groups. It's really it's such an honor to just witness your evolution. It really is. And because I, I don't, I just feel like I'm the, I'm just a messenger. I just, for some reason, got this stuff given to me or I sort mm-hmm. it out and I'm just sort of passing it on. And you guys are the ones showing up for yourselves and just seeing it all change the way that you do life. I mean, it's a, it's a huge gift to me. So Thank you for being part of the community. And I mean, Janine for being chief road tripper and just basically going out to meet any, anyone in the community. It's <laughs> like, hey, does you're a legend. Because I'm yeah. just going for a drive. I've got, I've got a few days. <laughs> Who's, around? Who's around in Sydney? <laughs> I love it. So yeah. if you guys, uh, just, just to finish up, if people were sort of sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know if this is for me, or what would you say to people about? Um, about, you know, taking on ready for change, committing to something different for themselves? If you're, if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling like anything of what Alicia and I have described today, um, I guess I really, I just want to say that there's, there is another way. This is not just the end game for you. You can, there's there's hope there's so much choice there's so much to be learned and then once you know all of this stuff like I know that I'm really in a place and I know Alicia is too and lots of others of us in the group once you know it you can't unknow it and you just want to go and spew it out to everybody else so anyone that you come across anyone that I'm coming across and you know I hear these little stories and I just want to help them and I want to be that person to kind of bring them in, give them a few little tips, like get onto Lisa's podcast to my sister the other day. Um, and it, you can have all the all that doubt coming in about, you know, maybe there's a financial factor that you don't feel like you're worth spending that money on, that... Um, you don't think that stuff like this will help if you if you get on board and you put in the work, like if you actually show up and do what each week is asking you to do, you will see 
the result. You can't not see the changes. You can't not start to accept the changes and um, realize that there's just so much choice to move forward. Uh, Ready for Change made me a course finisher. It was one of the very first online um, courses that I ever finished to completion within the time frame because I put aside my <laughs> perfectionist tendencies to, oh, I need to sit down and do this homework set now, which wasn't very much at all, but I need to have like three or four hours to do it and I've only got half an hour now so I'm not going to So I know there's lots of people who struggle to set the time aside to do it, but if you actually just sit and smash it out, you'll reap the benefits of it. So um, I deliberately tried to make it an easy to complete course Mm -hmm. because I want people to complete it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Alicia, what do you think? Yeah, the same as you, Janine, but um, I guess you'd just be amazed at the impact that it has on your whole, your whole life, your whole family, like the ripple effects that yeah. on everybody. So my kids, my partner, my friends, you know, who hear all about this stuff. Uh, even my mum, she's sort of, you know, she's saying, oh, I'm, I'm listening to you and I'm making changes and I'm learning to, you know, say no to things that I, I don't want to do and, and just say yes to the things that I that I really want and and it's just putting yourself I guess as a priority and as Janine said you know doing the work it's not it's not hard work it's not a lot of work but it's very very rewarding and it's very valuable I just adore you women um and I think that uh you're just such beautiful, amazing examples of, because this is the way I think of it, right? I think that, uh, like, so my kind of mission is to switch lights on. So the way that I think about this podcast, Ready for Change, the whole business that like, even just showing up on social media is if like, like as though you can see the globe and it's dark, it's nighttime. And then you just see these little lights coming on, right? Like just little lights just turning on. Mm-hmm. And I just feel for some strange reason here, I am as someone who is turning, like the light was turned on in me. And so then I can just share this information and then and then other people's lights turn on. And so like you guys are an example of people who are now lighthouses and you are light for other people. And, and the ripple effect is massive. And at this time in human history, we need light and we need lighthouses and then people who can go and talk about it. I mean, Janine, you're a born storyteller. You, mm-hmm. Your ability to articulate what's going on for you in words is like extraordinary. Your posts in the group, I mean, it's just like everyone's crying. And, but it's, it's a gift, right? But without the light being switched on, who would have who would have known who, who would be able to see that? Yeah. And so you guys are now little satellites, you know, and you're beaming out your light and it changes things. It changes the energy around you. It changes you. And therefore, like the ripple effect, the energy and vibration, which we learn about, it's real. And, and I just really want to say thank you for making me showing up and doing this and all of the, stuff that goes on in the background and no one sees so worthwhile because um, it gives me all the good feels. So you guys are a huge gift to me. So thank you for coming on and sharing and being examples to other women of, of what's possible, that life can feel really different without anything changing necessarily around them, not having to wait, not, not having a brand new house, not having a, you know, this or that. It's like, everything's kind of still rolling, but I feel really different. And you guys are beautiful examples of that. So thank you for sharing. You are thank most you well. Um, <laughs> and now I'll probably just jump off and have a big cry and um, <laughs> get into my next meeting, which is about to happen. So um, thank you. And uh, I can't wait to share this on the podcast. And 
if you guys are listening to this podcast and I've shared shared it on a social post, I think you should let Alicia and Janine know that they're rock stars. So you can go right ahead and do that. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Hey, if you're enjoying the conversation, then it would mean the world to me if you head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review. It really makes a difference and it's my intention to get as many of us involved in real conversations that really change the game as possible. Thanks so much for your help and I'll see you in the next episode. 